Hello, I'm Will Sampson. Welcome to the Woodworking Network Podcast. Welcome to the Woodworking Network Podcast, where we explore the business of woodworking and what it takes to succeed. I'm Will Sampson. This episode is sponsored by FDMC Magazine. Today, my guest is award-winning art furniture maker and globe-trotting woodworking education impresario, Scott Grove. But before we get to Scott, let's talk about changing the way we work. I've long been an advocate of lean manufacturing and the mantra of continuous improvement, so looking for better ways to do things is something to do all the time. Still, I have to admit, like most of us, I guess I often do get stuck in a rut doing the same old thing and being blind to possible positive change. But when a crisis happens, it forces those blind eyes to open wide and search for new ways of doing things. In crisis mode, it's frequently not just looking for a better way, it's a matter of finding any way that works. In the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, lots of woodworking businesses are facing somewhat painful eye-opening experiences. As the virus outbreak curtails business, disrupts the supply chain, and even makes it difficult to connect with clients and colleagues in our usual fashion, We have been forced to find creative solutions to all of these problems. The good news is that woodworkers, by their very nature, are some of the most creative problem solvers on the planet. Tell a woodworker that something can't be done with the tools and resources at hand, and that woodworker will more than likely just smile and figure out a way. Years ago, I needed to resaw wide, thin boards for musical instrument top backs and sides, but I couldn't afford the high-capacity resaw bandsaw that would have been perfect for the job. Still, I had some time, some creativity, as well as some engineering and metalworking knowledge, so I decided I could make a resaw bandsaw from scratch with scrap material I mostly had lying around. And I did. I still have the 300-pound behemoth of a bandsaw that I call Frankenstein. It worked well enough for what I needed back then, and I sure learned a lot about bandsaws making it. Of course, today I can sit back and laugh analyzing that decision and realizing I probably could have found a much better, more cost-effective, less labor-intensive solution to my problem. Financing, outsourcing, work-sharing solutions all come to mind. But that's not what I did. Today, woodworking shops are facing, in some cases, existential crises brought on by the virus outbreak. But tapping into their amazing natural creativity, they are looking at the tools and supplies they have available and finding solutions they never would have seen before. Some shops are retooling to make products needed by healthcare workers, such as face shields and face masks. They're making things like sneeze shields for retailers and other public-facing operations. Other shops are taking advantage of downtime to rethink their entire operation, do maintenance, rearrange the shop, or prototype potential new product lines. Woodworking education instructors are exploring all sorts of distance learning options and new ways of teaching. 
Creativity is perhaps our most important tool, and sometimes it takes a crisis to remind ourselves to use it. Before we get to Scott Grove, let's pause for a word from our sponsor. FDMC Magazine is the world leader in business information for the professional woodworking community. Whether you are a one-person shop or have more than a thousand employees on your payroll, whether you work with conventional tools or are fully automated with the latest technology, FDMC has information and data you can use. We cover all facets of the woodworking industry, including cabinets, furniture, architectural millwork, and the whole spectrum of secondary wood products manufacturing. You can sign up for free online or print subscription at woodworkingnetwork.com. Scott Grove has long been recognized as a talented, creative, and innovative professional in the world of studio furniture and architectural restoration. He worked for the legendary Wendell Castle for many years and on his own has been honored with quite a few awards, including multiple prizes in the prestigious Veneer Tech Craftsman's Challenge competition for veneer work. These days, Scott does a lot of teaching and workshops. Welcome to the Woodworking Network podcast, Scott. Thanks, Will. Now, Scott, I believe most of your your teaching is on location at various events and schools. You regularly travel all over the U.S. and even to the U.K., is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I uh, primarily teach uh, very selectively, but I I teach at the Mark Adams School of Woodworking in Indianapolis. I've been teaching there for 12 years. I teach at the Chippendale School of Furniture in Scotland. I head up their veneering program, and that's been about eight or nine years, and then I uh, kind of jump around doing uh, various weekend workshops for clubs, things like that, and I, you know, I usually pick up a, a third school, uh, like Anderson Ranch, I taught there last year. Uh, this year, I was scheduled to go to Australia, which is pretty exciting. 2021, I'm scheduled to go to New Zealand, so I, I get around, but I'm, I'm really a full-time woodworker, but I, I enjoy sharing what I know, and... and um, Getting out teaching is actually a great opportunity to see what's, what other people are doing and, and um, uh, gets me out of the shop, too. So, yeah. <laughs> who, are, who are the students? Are, are they, they uh, other professional woodworkers or, or hobbyists or mix? Or? Uh, it, it's a mix. I would say it depends where I'm teaching, at, at what school. You know, Mark Adams, uh, you know, I would say maybe 75% of the, of the students there are um, sort of older demographic, uh, maybe retired or uh, people with means, uh, usually smarter than me, uh, uh, very talented um, in a range of skills from beginner to to master craftsman. Uh, They're just learning to pick up a a different skill set. Some of the other schools, uh, like Chippendale, there's students from all over the world, usually a younger group who want to become uh, professional uh, woodworkers. There's a business component that they also teach there that, that I uh, uh, do a segment on, and in um, a lot of clubs, it's it's a mix. But most of most most of them, I say, older people. But there are uh, you know there's usually a, a handful of uh, you know either professional woodworkers or, or people who want to get into the business. How has the coronavirus outbreak done? What has it done to your schedule? I mean, that's got to be. <laughs> Kind of crazy. Uh, yeah, How are you in the schools coping. Well, uh, as far as my schedule is concerned, it is completely everybody's canceled all the way through. I think August. 
I think there's one uh, demonstration I have in Texas that still hasn't canceled yet. You know, they're, they're taking it sort of week by week. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty devastating uh, for me. And, and, you know, I, I sort of stay in touch with a lot of other instructors and, and uh, everybody sort of went wiped out. And I'm fortunate that it's not my primary source of, of income, but it is uh, it's certainly going to dip into that. Um, and the schools, uh, it is devastating, uh, at least for the immediate future. I know Mark Adams is, is hopeful. He's canceled the, the first couple of weeks. He's on the middle of a cornfield, which is probably a great place to be at this time. Um, I know Chippendale in Scotland, they're actually on Easter break, so all their students are, are not at the school, and they're very concerned that all the students can get back. And again, they're sort of south in Edinburgh in the middle of nowhere, which is also probably a good, good place to be. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a big concern, and everybody's sort of uh, trying to rethink of how they're going to, you know, keep things going uh, from an educational standpoint and monetarily also. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about because we had talked a couple of days ago uh, about you uh, trying to develop some more uh, distance learning methods uh, that you're working on. Can you tell me a little bit about what what kinds of things you're doing? Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um, I got involved in this uh, group called Lucid Woodturners. Uh, com. I, I, I also teach inlay, and that's sort of how I got in that the, the Turners really enjoy the inlay aspect of things, and I've been demonstrating that around the country. Um, and it, it's basically uh, a remote demonstration. So some of the smaller clubs, even before the coronavirus came around, you know, couldn't quite frankly afford to bring me in, even if they pay me nothing. They got to still fly me out there and put me up in a hotel and feed me and, you know, liquor me up. So, um, you know, they just can't afford it. But now, um, and of course, I've got to ship all my tools and make arrangements. It's it's a big effort to, to do a demonstration uh, for a weekend. So remote uh, demonstration, it, it gives me the, 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 the much easier, you know, effort, if you will. I, I have everything set in my shop. All my tools are here. Uh, you know, you're always forgetting something, and, and it's, all, it's all right there. And what it entails is uh, the, the club or the school to set up a projector, or in this case, you can even have everybody sitting at home at different locations. Typically, that's not how it's done. Usually, a club or a school will get everybody together, and there'll be one screen and one camera looking back at them, and they can sort of raise their hand, and I can see them, and they can see me. And on my end, um, I've got a four-camera setup, so I have a, you know, one looking at me, and I actually have a green screen, very much like your weatherman, so you know they can see my head, you know, down in the right-hand corner. So there's sort of a you know personal interaction. They can see my expressions, and then the green screen behind me can superimpose, say, a close-up of what I'm working on. And then I'll have a larger camera that is giving an overview shot and then another camera that I can sort of move around. Uh, and then with a sim simple couple of keystrokes on my, on my camera, I can rotate in and out. In addition, I can also have pre-recorded, say, time-lapse um, processes. So if I'm doing an inlay, well, you don't want to watch me do 45 minutes of this. I'll start the inlay, and then I'll hit the, hit the pre-recorded 
uh, camera and they get to see what this thing sort of looks like and then we come back to me. So I have a lot of control of, of what I can demonstrate and in some means it's even better because, um, for example, the inlay is fine work. So if you have a class of, say, 20 students, they all not can always see up close. So here I've got cameras, I, they can see really close and again I can switch back and forth between uh, videos and, and slide presentations and my PowerPoints. Um, so it's really, really exciting. And that again, sounds, it's all, sounds great. It sounds like, yeah. like it's like Julia Child putting the stuff in the oven. And exactly. Yeah. I usually refer to that, you know, <laughs> I'm, I, I might be dating myself. The younger kids don't get it when I yeah, go, Whoa, no, no. and now I hear Julia Child and I pull in like, who's Julia Child? I was like, oh, never mind. We were dating yeah, ourselves. But yeah, yeah, yeah no, it, it's really great. Revolutionary. It's oh, it's, it's great. And it's, um, and it's affordable too for, for, uh, the, the, the clubs. They don't, again, they don't just fly me out there and put me up and all that business. So it's a win-win for everybody. And now with the COVID, uh, there's a um, the program that I use is called vMix. It's it's a professional sort of editing program. It is very cost-effective, though. It's only a few hundred dollars for sort of entry level, and then there's a couple grades up. I've got a sort of the, the pro version, which allows me different channels, if you will. And then it's all broadcast through Zoom. You probably have heard that. It's very much like yep. Skype, but yep. Zoom is a little more sophisticated. And in this case, um, people can now log in from from their home. And I, I see within the next and – and this whole Lucid group, everybody's ramping up really quick. And uh, I'm thinking about starting – if nothing else, I'm just going to do a weekly broadcast just to keep – Sort of everybody engaged, and I'm going to charge. I'm just going to do a weekly, uh, you know, segment on on uh, veneering. It's very much like uh, YouTube Live. But another good thing about this particular program is I'm going to, I can broadcast to all the channels at once. So it'll be YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, all the social media platforms, and people can get a a login code and just log in directly. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm ramping up real quickly here. I've got a couple um, uh, sessions uh, scheduled for, for Chippendale over in, in uh, Scotland. If their students can get back, and then, again, if they can't, their students will log in at different locations, at least to kind of keep things going, especially, you know, people are all in the groove right in the middle of school, and then suddenly everything comes to a screeching halt. Um, just to really keep the flow going. That's great. Now, now when I've taught woodworking, it's been very hands-on and show-and-tell kind of thing. How do you make up for that in in a remote setting? I mean, all the sophisticated camera stuff and everything is great, but how do you substitute for that that interaction? Especially? Well, that that is the that is the downside to that, and we're still working on that. Um, I have um, you know materialists. So as we move forward, if we want to do a more, uh, you know, a, a more hands-on uh, course, then one, they've got to get all the materials they need. So I am now sort of scaling back and and, and simplifying many of my demonstrations, where one, it's it's not hands-on, and or two, it is uh, very simple. So for example, in the veneering, okay, everybody's got to get a couple of pieces of veneer a cutting mat and a straight edge and a, a knife. And we'll do some parquetry work, which is 
geometric patterns, uh, make a chessboard, Nautilus star, Lewis cube, things like that. And that's all stuff that they could do uh, in real time along with me. And uh, for example, with Chippendale, we'll, we'll do a morning session and afternoon session. So I can sort of demonstrate, then they can kind of do their thing. And then I'll check back in again in the afternoon and they can ask questions and some of the problems they're having and we can we're gonna, you know, go that way. So there might be a on and off during the day sort of thing and or, um, you know, I can uh, watch them. I mean, even with this kind of work or even, well, I'm, I'm happy to say with the inlay work or the veneer, they could just put their laptop and use their laptop camera, tilt the screen down and I can actually see what they're doing. So in, right, right. in some cases it works, but obviously if I'm doing my curved joinery class, this is that's not going to happen in live where they're going to they're going to see. But um, so we're now supplementing um, the courses with with detailed handouts. So I can sort of give a real time demonstration. I can kind of show a couple steps, and then they can download a PDF of all the steps that I just done. So you know most students can only well not most students I can't remember more than three steps. So I don't expect I don't expect them. You know, I usually will tell them ten steps, then I'll, you know, kinda of review the three and then I'll focus in on the one. And you know, so the more advanced students can get through the first step and move on to the second, things like that. But you know, they you definitely what's the third step? So with a handout and or a recorded video because this will also this program also allows to record the session. So uh, you know, I'm giving, obviously giving a lot of information and I don't expect anybody to remember it all. So they could record it and go back. So there's, there's just a rethinking of that. If you just want to kind of follow along, okay, you sit for the first half hour, hour, you watch it, you get a handout, then you go into your shop and you give it a, give it a go. And, you know, if you forget an hour later, you rewatch the, uh, the video. Oh, that's what I forgot. And then you look at the handout. So there's, you know, there's ways around that. The only issue is that if there's a, um, a problem and they need to ask a question, well, then they can text me or we wait till, you know, four hours later until we log on again. So there, there are ways to do that. Um, so, uh, that is the end. And, you know, there's other things. So we've been talking, for example, with Mark Adams, and we've been even talking about this before the COVID um, came about, where, um, you know, you, you put cameras in, in, in every room. You know, he, he, has, he has a large uh, school. I would say it's probably the best school in the country, if not the world. I mean, he brings in the top talent from all over the world, and there's usually three or four classes going at the same time. Now, sometimes students can't can't make it there for whatever reason. So, um, you know, maybe this has become more of an entertainment industry in the immediate future where, okay, fine, I can't do hands-on, but I still want to stay engaged. I still want to learn. And um, you could have various instructors, you know, working in different classrooms, and you can log on. So... Uh, maybe I'm still scheduled to teach there in another month. You know, it's still, we're still not sure if that's going to happen. But if I go and only half the students show up, well, we'll give the other students who decided not to come the option uh, to just watch. Obviously, there, there won't be much hands-on. Uh, and other students can, can log in, too, because you can think about it. Everybody is, you know, bored, you know what, just 
sitting home. So I see a huge need for for uh, remote teaching and education and 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 that. And I think it's it's going to surge pretty uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. No. I and I think even in in uh, you know the conventional school situations, vocational schools and things like that uh, are going to want to explore these kinds of options so absolutely i mean it takes some scrambling and i heard an interesting uh analogy the other day that you know we're building the plane while it's on the while it's on the takeoff runway but um i think everybody's scrambling yeah i talked to some other instructors for rit they're going to remote um and yeah you're going to have to sort of um you know, readjust your, your curriculum maybe. Maybe we talk more about design, you know, focus on more design, you know, something just, you know, pencil and, and a paper kind of stuff. Um, even with veneering, we can we can use scissors and paper. If you don't have veneer, well, okay, you're not going to make a finished product, but you're going to understand the process. So you right. can take sheets of paper, lined paper, so that represents the grain, and you can, you know, cut out uh, pie shapes or what's called a radial, and you know just that alone. There's a you know there's a trick to it how to get the the, the lines to line up and and the radial to match and get your angles perfect and all that. And so you can you can do something very simple. Uh, it just takes you know rethinking of the process by the instructors. Absolutely, definitely interesting times. We will have more from Scott Grove in our next podcast, talking about what shops can do in the face of the virus outbreak. You can find all of our podcasts at woodworkingnetwork.com and in popular podcast channels. Thanks again to today's sponsor, FDMC Magazine. If you have a comment or topic you'd like us to explore, contact me at will.sampson at woodworkingnetwork.com. Thanks for listening. 